So we're going from hard in the paint to summer at the movies. Now, here's the big idea with this sermon series, okay? The whole idea is taking different movies that we have all seen, or if you haven't seen that maybe you will see someday, taking movies and pulling lessons from that movie that actually you can, pro- that, that actually you can find in the Bible, okay? Here's the thing. I'm a firm believer that God's word Man, you can pull lessons from anywhere. There's inspiration everywhere, illustrations, analogies, and so many things, okay? And I believe the same way with movies. I believe that you can watch a movie, and God can speak to you through a movie. True story, when I was 17 years old and I gave my life to Jesus, God spoke to me through a movie. No, I'm being dead serious. There's a movie called Left Behind during our... um, Thief in the Night series, if you were here those Sundays, we watched that. Yeah, that movie right there, God spoke to me, and I ain't never been the same since, okay? So I believe God can use movies to speak to us too, okay? Even if it's not a Christian movie, right? I believe that God can use movie uh, to speak to us, okay? And so that's what we want to do this month, this summer. For the next several weeks this summer, June and July, we're going to do a series called Summer at the Movies, okay? So tonight, the first movie we're going to look at is Space Jam A New Legacy. Who has not seen a Space Jam A New Legacy? Okay, you haven't? Man, that's so sad. I encourage you to check it out if you can. I thought it was, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still good, okay? So I encourage you to check it out. So we're going to get into Space Jam A New Legacy, and there's really four things that I want to talk to us about very, very quickly. But overall, basically, if you've never seen Space Jam, has anybody seen the first Space Jam at least? Who has not seen the first Space Jam? So you've, who has not seen either Space Jam? Okay, so here's the idea, okay? The Toon Squad, Bugs Bunny and all them, right? Does everybody know who Bugs Bunny is? Okay, cool. Just making sure we got, we're on the same page, right? So basically, in the first Space Jam, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, uh, the Toons go, they kidnap, no, they don't kidnap, they take Michael Jordan to help them beat the Monstars in a basketball game. It's a basketball movie, all right? And uh, Michael Jordan comes to Toon World and beats, helps the Toons beat the Monstars, and the, mon- the Toons are free, okay? In the second Space Jam, the one we're going to talk about tonight, uh, the main character is LeBron James, okay? And basically what happens is, Le- in the movie, LeBron basically loses his son, to Algy, who is like the villain in the movie, okay? And basically, he gets sucked into this computer world, all right? And basically, the idea is if LeBron wants to get his son back, he's got to beat his basketball team in a game of basketball, right? And here's the thing. He sends them to Toon World, where the only person there is Bugs Bunny, okay? And throughout the movie, basically what happens is they're trying to recruit all the Toons to come play with LeBron, and they end up playing in a basketball game, okay? And at the end of it, uh, the Toons actually win the game. And, of course, LeBron gets his son back in the movie, okay? So that's really what the, kind of, the whole movie's about, all right? But in the movie, there's four things that I saw that I was like, man, that was some good lessons. As a matter of fact, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to teach those to our teenagers. And here we are, being able to talk to y'all today about that, okay? So there's four things. Now, again, if you haven't seen the movie, it may, may not make a little bit of sense, so I'll do my best to explain it. That's why I encourage you to watch it, okay? But there's one thing that really stuck out to me in the beginning. In the very, very opening scenes of the movie in Space Jam, you meet LeBron James as a little kid. And when he's a little kid, he's playing his Game Boy like crazy, like 
right before his basketball game, he's playing his Game Boy, and he's stuck on his Game Boy, just playing, playing. And his coach is like, Braun, Braun, Braun. And LeBron's just in his little Game Boy, right, like a lot of us are on our cell phones. And he's just, like, going to town. And finally, LeBron snaps out of it. He's like, come on, we got a game to play. And of course, on the bench, LeBron is, like, fixated, and he's thinking about the game the whole time, his little Game Boy. And when he gets into the game, he's so distracted that he ends up missing the game-winning shot to win the game when he's a little kid. And there's a quote that the coach tells young LeBron. He says, getting your head in the game begins before you even step foot on the court. And I love that because basically what his coach was saying, he said, listen, you were so distracted before the game even started that mentally you weren't here to play. You were too busy focused on this video game when there was a game to play right in front of us. You weren't concerned about the game. You were more concerned about your Game Boy, right? This is where you were. You were so distracted here. And I think that's one of the first things that we can learn is that in life, guess what? Teenagers and adults, we deal with distractions, don't we? We all deal with distractions, especially as a Christian. You deal with distractions. You deal with distractions. And let me tell you something. The devil would love to distract you from focusing on God and your relationship with him. And so he's going to do whatever he can to distract you as a young person. Just bottom line. He will find ways to distract you. It could be video games. It could be social media. It could be a relationship. It could be school. It could be your job. It could be sports. Whatever it is. Again, again there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong with them. But when you let them distract you, when you let them take your eyes and your focus off of God, that's when it becomes a problem, okay? That's when it becomes a problem. And I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 says. It says, don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget your creator. He says, honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Okay? Don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget the most important person in your life, God. And we all have things that excite us, right? The NBA Finals are tomorrow night. I'm excited about that. Like me, I am, right? But I'm not going to let that cause me to forget the most important person in my life, God, right? And so in life, we all face distractions, okay? But I got news for you. The Bible teaches us, hey, don't let those things, don't let those excitements become distractions in your life, okay? Don't let what excites you become a distraction in your life. Don't let what excites you distract you from God, okay? Because one day you are going to be my age, and I'm not old, but one day you're going to be my age and older, and what, what Solomon was saying was, man, if you allow that to, your excitements to become a distraction, one day you're going to look back and say, I wasted so much time on stuff that didn't even matter. When I should have been focusing on God and what God's purpose was for me, okay? So distractions. Don't let your excitements become distractions, okay? Here's the thing. If the devil can't destroy you, he'll distract you. See what I'm saying? So distractions. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let your excitements distract you from your relationship with God, okay? Just like LeBron was distracted in his Game Boy and wasn't able to play the game properly, it's the same with us. The devil would love for us to be so distracted in other things than our relationship with God, okay? And another thing that I saw in the movie that really kind of made me think, man, that's a great lesson. 
There's a lesson on setbacks in, in uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. There's a point in the, in the movie where LeBron's son, LeBron's son is like a genius. He builds video games. And he builds this one game, and LeBron and his son are playing the game, and while they're playing, the game basically crashes, and it wipes, like, it wipes all the memory and everything, and the son is so disappointed and so sad. And LeBron has a father-son moment with him, and I love what he says. He says, setbacks happen. Adversity is part of the process. Setbacks happen, and adversity is part of the process. Listen, nobody likes setbacks, right? Nobody does. Whenever I was in high school, my sophomore year, I was playing basketball in Monterey, and I was having a great sophomore season, man. Great sophomore season. We were playing against Hereford, and it was in the fourth quarter, and I went up for a rebound, and when I came down, I came down like this, and I heard my ankle pop twice. Pop, pop. And I immediately just limped off the court, and I told the ref, I said, ref, and I just sat in the stands. And the trainer came over, took off my shoe, was evaluating it, took me back to the trainer's office. I was sidelined for a month. Couldn't play no basketball, couldn't practice or nothing. That was a setback for me. And I hated every minute of it. Like, it was terrible. I hated, set, I hated being set back. I hated not being able to be out on the court to practice and play with my teammates and participate in the game. But here's the thing. In life, we have setbacks. There's things that, man, I didn't want that to happen, but it kind of happened. Nobody wanted COVID to happen in 2020, but it happened, right? It happened. It was, kind of, it was a huge setback for so many people, right? Like a huge setback. But the thing is, setbacks happen. Adversity is part of the process. I love what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, I love this, it says, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has the chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. You know, I've often heard that trials develop your character. Trials, uh, difficult situations develop you in life. And I like to say difficult situations reveal your character, reveal who you really are. And I think it's the same with setbacks. When you find yourself in moments of adversity facing setbacks, it reveals who we really, really are right? If we're scared, if we're timid, or if we're going to be believing in bold people of faith moving forward. And I love what James says. He says, listen, when you find yourself in a moment that's a setback moment in your life, consider it actually an opportunity for great joy. Think of it this way. Think of a bow and arrow. When you pull that arrow back, what do you got to do? What happens when you let that arrow go? It what? It what? It shoots where? Out, right? It launches out. Think of it this way. Setbacks are often like an arrow being pulled back in a bow that can launch you into something bigger and better, okay? And really, that's what LeBron was trying to teach his son. Setbacks happen. Adversity is part of the process. So if anything, embrace those setback moments, okay? Consider it pure joy, just like the Bible says, okay? Another lesson that I loved in this movie was a lesson about rejects. Anything rejects? 
the heck? See, there's a scene where uh, LeBron, he's with the villain, Al G. And uh, Al G is like, listen, you're going to have to beat my team. Um, and I'm going to send you to the rejects, is what he says. And where does he send them? To, 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 the, to where the tunes live. Of course, the only person is there is Bugs. But here's the thing. You know, Al G, he had all these, you know, created and, and different um, basketball players on his team, right? If, you, if you've never seen it, it's, he has all these, like, it's like a cheat code. It's the people that he has on his team is, like, not even fair. And LeBron gets stuck with the tunes. You know, the whole time LeBron's like, listen, I need Superman. I need King Kong. I need all, like, he was trying to get the best of the best. And what he ends up getting stuck with is the Toon Squad, right? And I love that because, you know what? Sometimes it's the people you least expect in life that God uses, right? It's always the people that you never see coming that God is like, I choose that group of kids. I choose that person to be a leader for me. I love this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God chose things the world considers foolish. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, of everything that we see, it says God considers the foolish. <laughs> That's hope for me, man, because I'm a fool. <laughs> Seriously. All right. God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. You got to love that. In other words, God is all about the rejects, right? He loves the, he loves the misfit. He loves the, the person that everybody outcasts, that, wants no, that nobody wants anything to do with. God's like, that's the one I'm going to use to make a mighty move in their school, in their family, wherever it is. God is all about the rejects, man. So listen, maybe you're here today and you feel like a reject in school, in your home, wherever, right? Listen, God's got a purpose for the place for you in his kingdom, all right? The Bible's very clear. He chose the foolish things, and he chose those who were powerless. God absolutely loves the reject, okay? And so just like in the movie Space Jam, you know, LeBron eventually learned to embrace the Toon Squad as his team, okay? And the last lesson that I saw that we can learn is this. And I believe it's one of the most important ones for a teenager specifically is to be yourself. Just be yourself. Listen, live life being authentic rather than living life to be accepted. That's, that's good advice. Live life being authentic. In other words, live life being yourself rather than living life to be accepted. Live in a way that, that's not really you, but you're just doing it just to try to fit in. You know, the tunes in the movie... The whole time LeBron is upset because they're getting killed by the, by the goon squad is what they're called. They're getting destroyed in the basketball game by halftime. And LeBron is like in the, in the locker room getting all upset and Lola Bunny steps up and she goes, we've been trying to play like you. And LeBron realizes like, man, they're not me. They have to be themselves. And sure enough, when the tunes are finally just themselves, they're able to do, they're able to play the way they want to play and, of course, be goofy about it. And they end up coming back and winning the game, right? But I'm a firm believer in just being yourself. Just be yourself. Be true to who you are. Be who God created you to be. Not pretend to be somebody you're not, 
right? Be yourself. And I love what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Check this out. It says, we are God's masterpiece. You know what I love about that? Is that when God created you, when he was done, he was like, masterpiece. Woo! When God created you, Elijah, when he was done, he's like, masterpiece. When God created you, Noah, he was like, this is a masterpiece. Emiliano, when he was done with you, he was like, this kid is a masterpiece. While when we look in the mirror, we think, man, we, I got this flaw, I got that flaw. That. God says, nah, that's my masterpiece. So be yourself. God sees you as a masterpiece. He believes you're a masterpiece because you were created in his image. Right? I love it. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And I love this. So we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Long ago, God had a plan for your life. He's like, look, this is my masterpiece, right? And I got this plan for them. And this part, they're going to do this. And they're going to build the kingdom this way. And they're going to advance the kingdom this way. Oh, I, this is my masterpiece right here. Be yourself. Be yourself. Because you are a masterpiece, okay? There's nothing wrong with you. You are a masterpiece to the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's powerful. When you think of it that way, you can walk every day with some confidence. You can look in the mirror today when you go home before bed and say, I'm a masterpiece, <laughs> you know? I'm a masterpiece, right? When your brother and sister's like, you're ugly, be like, I'm a masterpiece, shoot, right? <laughs> you can let them know. When they try to say, ugh, you need to cut your hair. Be like, I'm a masterpiece. I don't know what you're talking about. Let them know. Speak on it one time, right? Just be yourselves. When people at school try to say, you know, try to force you to be something you're not, just remember, be yourself, okay? So four things that we can learn from the movie Space Jam that we can actually take from the Bible. Distractions, okay? In life, the enemy would love to distract you from your relationship with God, okay? Don't let your excitements become distractions, okay? Setbacks happen in life. But you know what? Learn to see those setbacks as an opportunity for great joy, to, for God to do something great, okay? God loves the rejects. He loves the foolish and the powerless to shame and move things for him, okay? And lastly, be yourself. Be who God created you to be. You are a masterpiece to him, all right? You are a masterpiece to him, okay?